0: parenting is hard few of us feel up to the task the world is shifting quickly and dramatically all of us feel the changes affecting our families the stress and pressure can be intense we are here to help sort the good and the bad provide insight and bring hope welcome to brilliantly brave parenting we're so glad you stopped by
1: Hi, I'm Pastor Brad Matthias. I want to welcome you to another episode of Brilliantly Brave Parenting. This
2: is season four, Robert. It is season four. And why do you always go first?
1: I'm the, the host. You're the sidekick.
2: Okay. That's fine. I just want to make sure that those things are defined.
1: Well, I mean, it's important for our audience to remember that there had been a discussion in season three about who was a sidekick. And I chose the title headmaster, but you said that was invalid. So I went back to host...
2: I don't even remember that conversation. Yeah, no,
1: it was headmaster. We had a we had a guest on from like England or Australia and he was talking about it. he was the headmaster and I immediately connected with that. It just felt right.
2: Oh, that's right. I do remember that. Yeah. See, and even I didn't when you get like older folks, you can get your memory back a little bit. See, Robert, The thing is that struggles I struggles with that. I struggled with respect for headmasters and I thought that that might be some of your South African issues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah. And I just felt like- uh, You like snakes too, don't you?
1: Let's get into this, That's okay? Weird. You're weird. Okay. So what we have here is just a little bit of brilliantly brave parenting. None of us feel brilliant or brave. Robert and I are examples of grace. Very we're, true. We're dads who just never dialed this in. There, mm. was, there was never a time when we said, ah, parenting? I got that.
2: That's very true. Yeah.
1: There was always a deep need for help. Uh, whether we were spending it on our knees praying for it, asking for God, or if in our community of faith we reached out for help when one of our kids were floundering a little bit,
2: it's very true.
1: Yeah. So this this particular guest today, I have a personal connection with. Um, her name is Constance Rhodes,
2: and she's looking over us. She is over our shoulders. She's here. looking over our shoulders. Just right slightly here.
1: awkward. Well. She is uh, really an amazing woman, and I have a lot of personal connection here. I'm going to try not to go into that too much, but she helped my daughter in our family several years ago Mm. when we had a child, a 14, 15-year-old daughter who was struggling with anorexia. Mm. And so her ministry, Finding Balance, was a significant blessing in our life. And so I am very personally excited to have Constance on the show today. Thank you for being here.
3: Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: So, Constance, um, Robert and I have known you a while, and we have some personal connection, but our audience is just finding out about you. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what Finding Balance is.
3: Yeah, sure. So, well, like you guys, I also fumble through parenting. So, at the time of this recording, I have a 17-year-old, a 14-year-old, and a 10-year-old. So, I'm just beginning to see... A new season of college and all that, that maybe some of your listeners are not quite there yet, but it comes fast. Um, Finding Balance is a faith based nonprofit. We started in 2002, so quite some time ago, to help people repair their relationship with food. And a little bit of the backstory is that when I was growing up, my mom had food issues of all kinds, including clinical eating disorders. And bulimia was the main thing that she wrestled with, which is a very specific type of eating disorder. And I watched that growing up. And I remember just kind of wondering, why is she going through all of this? Then I went to Bible college. I found myself in an environment where I felt lonely. I turned to food. I started binging. I put on all this weight. I suddenly understood a lot of the fear and obsession that I'd seen in her life. And actually, you know, Robert, I've known you a super long time. So. You know, we met when I was in my early 20s, still battling um, at that time what was probably a little bit more of a restrictive type of disordered eating Hmm. and um, working in the Christian music industry. But really so afraid of gaining weight, completely consumed with what I ate, what I looked like. And as God was bringing me to freedom from that. I I knew that he had called me to do this work. So again, we've been doing it since 2002. We do a variety of things. A lot of it is through the internet, and so that's great because we get to serve people all over the country, all over other countries as well. We do support programs online. We have lots of resources. We do events. Basically trying to provide uh, Christ-centered resources for eating issues, body image stuff. Hmm.
2: I love it. And you're right, Constance. I've known you since you were I, you. We won't go into it. But my favorite showcase of all time that I've ever seen in Nashville was Constance's really? showcase. Yes. You should um, How- well,
3: yeah, do it so bad. Come on now. It was
2: just well, it, it, I'm not going to say that. Those are your words, not mine but it was just memorable. Let's just say that. It
3: was what was it
2: remarkable was just, about it. Bad.
3: You can say that, but <laughs> it was a comedy of errors. What was memorable though, was that everybody was there to see. Everybody was What there. a train wreck it was. Oh and man. Everybody. And I'm not going to say oh. it's a train
2: wreck. It was memorable and it wasn't, you know, performance wise. It wasn't the best I'd ever seen, but it was my favorite showcase. Um, and anyway, but that's beside the point. What, what I wanted to ask Constance was, um, I knew you back in those days, and we were kind of in some of the same circles. I never knew that you had an eating disorder or that you considered um this a problem. Uh, I think for a lot of people, a lot of moms and a lot of girls and guys out there, this is something that goes pretty hidden. We don't talk about it. It's not something that is, you know, it's prevalent, but it's not really in the forefront of conversation, especially in the church. And so I, my question, I guess, is, what as parents, can we recognize in our kids might be signs that they might be struggling with some kind of eating disorder in some way. Like what would you have wanted your mom uh, or, or any mom out there to have seen or to recognize that might've been able to have some impact before it became a bigger issue?
3: Well, I think the challenge that we have here, and this is why my work is both daunting and exciting Hmm. is that three out of four women and lots of guys have an unhealthy relationship with food. So if you think about it, you know how Dave Ramsey's always talking about debt being normal? Mm. We food issues are normal, dieting is normal, most people are on diets. Or So actually what we have to start with before we even consider how can I look for this in my kids is how can I look for this in myself? So mm. here are some questions that I would ask myself. Do I think about food all the time? Do I stress out a lot about what I'm eating? You know, if it's the right foods, am I really restrictive in what I'm eating? Or on the other side of that, do I celebrate uh, everything with food? Do I wake up in the morning afraid because I ate too much the night before? Do I constantly compare my body against the bodies of other people? Am I continually worried? that i am fat or that people think that i that my body doesn't look the way it should these are the questions that the parents need to be asking themselves first right because unless we can recognize in ourselves unhealthy behaviors like that or ideas then we're never going to be able to see it in our kids and and, and this i don't mean to like you know add any stress to the picture but if we believe these things for ourselves, then our kids are learning from us, right? So we want to look first at what do we feel and how is our relationship with food. So what we talk about at Finding Balance is that when we talk about a balanced relationship with food, it's all things in moderation. I don't have to be scared if I eat something that might be good or bad. So we want to remove moral values on food, like there's good food and bad food. Granted, there's more nutritious food and less nutritious food, but taking food off this moral plane, kind of removing some of the ideas that if I eat clean or pure, I'm somehow more holy. These are some of the things we want to help, un- help our kids then establish healthier use of food as
1: well. Wow, those those are really good. I, Robert, I'm thinking back. Um Watching my daughter, you asked a question, you know, what are the warning signs and mm. what what can a parent look for when when something's not quite right? I, I think parents have that sort of instinct, you know, that, mm. that awareness that something might be wrong. And uh, the one thing I learned uh, through the journey of, of walking through this with kids is, hey, um, I'm not going to get necessarily a confession from them. They're not mm-hmm. actually going to turn to me and say, "I'm struggling with an eating disorder." Hmm. So if you're waiting for them to tell you that, that would probably it's not, not work. happen. Yeah, they, there's a lot of denial and guilt and shame and and sort of um, just real despair, mm-hmm. you know. And you and I have talked in the yeah. past, you know, about this idea that despair and defiance are very close. To they despair. can look the same yeah, from they the look outside. Very similar, mm-hmm. um, and so you know one of my thoughts just as a dad who's walked through this is to trust that that sort of inside pressure from mm-hmm. the holy spirit or even just being a parent that says hey you need to investigate that a little bit you mm-hmm. need to go a little deeper than just her telling you everything's fine like right even if the answer doesn't match would you agree with that constance is that something you see in your ministry oh, I
3: I think for sure. And being able to, as you said, consider, I like that you said, I wrote it down, despair and defiance can look very similar. Because what we want to remember, and you hear this all the time in the work I do, it's not about the food, but the, the food or what they're doing with the food can indicate what's going on in the heart. And in the heart, there can be fear, anxiety. These kids are growing up with so much pressure. And then you think even just the visual pressure of social media, trying to look like so-and-so. And and there's so many uh, people out there also promoting disordered eating. So they're getting it from all different sides and it can be stirring a lot in their hearts. And so yes, if you see them starting to withdraw, you see them either skipping meals or maybe eating more than seems normal, or you catch them uh, hiding food, you know, maybe eating in their bedroom away from you, you're finding wrappers there, or, or they're just, there's this secretive component. These are all tells that maybe food is starting to play a role in them managing what's going on internally with the loneliness or the anxiety or the fear or other things that might be going on. And definitely pressing for it and just trying not to focus so much on the food, but you can say, Hey, I, I just noticed, you know, you seem a little down or you seem a little stressed out. And I noticed the food stuff. In other words, we want to want to address not just the food stuff or they'll deflect all the emotional and the emotional is really what they need our guidance with. And probably what we're more equipped to guide them with because we're older. <laughs> so like we want yeah. more things and can maybe help guide them.
2: That's very helpful. You know, raising three daughters on my own for so long, I, I, I saw the role that the messages that the media tells them and even their friends tell them about themselves and they're always measuring themselves. Um, What are some things that you can help us with um, as parents to kind of counteract those voices that are constantly saying, you're not thin enough or you don't look good enough or whatever. I I know that, you know, I was kind of ill-equipped to know it's common for my daughters and my daughters, you both have seen them or know them. They're, they're beautiful, beautiful women. And, but every single one of them at one point or another would just go, I'm so fat. I'm so fat. And and it's like I me saying, No, you're not, just didn't seem to be enough. Yeah, that you wasn't know? that didn't quite cut it. No. Yeah, you, your no. voice alone doesn't do it. Yeah.
3: No, I mean, and again, you're talking about a super multifaceted issue. And so let's just separate dads and moms for a minute. Um, so dads, what dads can do is continually affirm their daughters for things outside of their physical appearance. Mm. Now, if they come forward with a physical concern, I'm fat, I look fat, I'm so much bigger than my friends, then fine, you can maybe offer some perspective on the physical, but we always want to be pointing them beyond the physical because mm, that's good. the physical is, is temporary, right? And, and you could even say to them, you know, hey, I've been around a long time and I've seen women who, who, when they walk through their whole teenage years and college years believing this, they end up becoming moms who believe this and I don't want that for you. Like, fight back. You know, maybe, maybe play into some of that fighting back against that, that culture mm. that wants to tell you that you have to be a certain way because right now we can harness... That idea, there, there are movements of, hey, I want to rise up because what the media says I have to be. So maybe mm-hmm. you can play into some of that. Um, there is an awesome book and someone that I'm just thinking you ought to have on at some point, Dr. Michelle Watson. She wrote a book called Dad, Here's What I Need From You. I think that's what it's called. Here's What I Really Need From You might be what it's called. And she literally lists out ways to, to date your daughters and to address some of these issues. So that's mm-hmm. another great resource for dads. Love that. Now, one more thing for dads do not make comments about women's bodies like let's say you're <laughs> all at the beach and we all know what we see at the beach right and and those comments can be made like oh can you believe what that lady's wearing right all that stuff sifts down into the brain of your daughter so if she hears you make disparaging comments about other women even if they're totally different than how they look then they know dad notices other women's bodies or might make comments about them so if he thinks he's measuring fat, people and he's going to think i'm fat you know mm. what i'm saying so that's important for dads as well that's and any really messages that the dads give to the moms in other words if the mom says to the dad, oh, I'm feeling so fat, I'm going to skip dinner tonight, which, you know, this happens all the time. These are home conversations, right? And if the dad engages in that with the mom, the daughter hears that as well. Mm-hmm. And let's not just say daughters, by the way, because right. lots of young guys are battling these issues. Too, it's more so true.
2: That's six. so Cheers. true.
3: So on the mom's side real quick, I go back to what does the mom believe about her own value? I was just reading today a story of a gal that that we serve and she was talking about how when she was in eighth grade, she looked down and she saw her leg and she was driving in the car. She saw her leg kind of spread out on the seat and she came home really frightened about it, asked her mom, you know, Hey, I feel like my legs are getting big and her mom helped her go on a diet. So hmm. now all these years later, so she, this gal ended up spending about 15 to 20 years with disordered eating thoughts that ranged the gamut, okay? So now this woman who was that girl in eighth grade, she now has a young daughter. And recently her daughter came home and told her mom, Mom, I was in ballet class and I feel like my legs are big. And guess what? This lady who's now done her own work was able to redirect that conversation for her daughter Because she had done that work in her own life and she was able to talk with her daughter about how we're all made so different. Let's look around. All of our bodies are different. God created us with love and really just redirect that conversation. Um, So Mm -hmm. but again, that kind of goes back to the mom. Like they're not going to buy it if they hear us complaining about how we look and what we weigh and then we tell them not to. There is a mixed message there and they will not buy it. But what we could do is journey together and say, you know what? I wrestle with some of those same things too. What if we do a study together or yeah, maybe let's talk about some of these things because I don't want to be bound by this and I don't want you to be bound by that. And some of that honesty and vulnerability, I think, can help as well.
2: I think that's great. So, what does a mom do if she is feeling like she has gained some weight and and she's not happy with her body image? Instead of coming to the table and going, "Gosh, I got to stop eating. I'm so fat," or making these just flippant remarks that you know are half serious and and half just maybe dispelling the awkwardness of like a confessional or something, but. Should we just not talk about those things at the table? Should we not just bring it up? Or or how do we, like in a healthy way, reaffirm things, but also express our dissatisfaction with maybe something that's going on in our lives?
3: Yeah, I think you got to choose your audience, right? Like, are the kids the best audience for the stuff we're wrestling with as adults? Often Uh, the case, we know. Let's go find people who can actually help us with that problem where the kids can't. That's great. So. You know, that's why we do support programs and lots of who we serve as moms. And now they're able to talk with other peers and wrestle through these things together. So what they're bringing to the dinner table could be more like, um, well, first of all, they're aware that everything they're communicating at that dinner table from what they eat, how they eat, what rules do they have about eating, what rules do the kids have about eating. All of that is conveying to the kids a standard. Uh, so they can view that differently. Maybe if they can be talking with peers and also a counselor, Mm -hmm. look, it's normal and good to want to take care of our bodies, to want to be healthy. You guys know me. I'm not, I'm not a careless, unhealthy person, Mm -hmm. but we want to be able to find that balance where that's not ruling our mind. I would just say, you got to think about what can these kids do with the information I'm about to share. And if they can't actually help with that information or process that information, then it really, it really isn't helpful to them for us to dump that out there.
1: Wow. I'm going to jump in here. I, I heard a couple of things, Constance, that were really valuable um, and I think would help our audience tremendously. One is that if you're a mom and you are finding yourself becoming more and more uh, affected by the, the idea of food and consumption and it's starting to, you're starting to orient your life or your day around food, um, to really look for places to go outside of your home For help. Right. Yeah. That that you don't want to put that on your kids, especially in those formative tween years. I I think that's a really important thing because I've I've noticed as a pastor that a lot of moms will kind of confide with their daughters as they get older and it Mm -hmm. becomes sort of this codependent thing. Mm-hmm. Um and so I think it might be really wise for some of our listeners if they're struggling with this or they've had a history in the past of struggling with it and now they have kids to maybe look up some of the things that you're doing online. Tell us about the resource that you have online for moms.
3: Yeah, so it's not specifically just for moms, but it's for women eighteen and over. And we end up having a lot of moms. But our lasting freedom online support program, what this is, if you think about it, eating issues take a for a lot of people, a while to set in, right? And so it's not like you just go somewhere and in a couple of weeks they're gone. It really becomes a process of discipleship through a felt need, which is, you know, I want to be healthier in my mind about food and weight. Um, and so we take them on a year-long journey. It's, it goes in modules, so there's breaks in between. But basically you build community and you learn stuff all along the way. And it's a little different, Brad, than, than when we first interacted with you on it. It's better even because now we have a trajectory that you can follow to be able to look at these various components from food to identity to body image to choices you know um, are we really going to make a choice to walk in freedom so the cool thing about that program is that while it's a year long you can enter at any point every eight weeks and Hmm. so people can learn about it in July and jump in in August or learn about it in December and jump in in January and so that's kind of an ongoing revolving community that's building. The other thing uh, that we're soon to release, um, and we're excited to get to partner with Sadie Robertson and Duck Dynasty, they've got a study coming out and, and we're going to be providing the online community for them It's a little less intensive than Lasting Freedom. is called ChristFed, and it's going to provide an open group format. And so probably by the time this airs, you'll be able to find information about ChristFed at our website, findingbalance.com, and about the Lasting Freedom program. Um, So those are two very specific things, and then what we hope to see happen more and more is that the ChristFed support group tool, we could also get that into lots of churches. And so somebody might be listening to this, and they think, hey, I'd love to host an eating issues support group for my church or with my friends, uh, that tool will become available as well.
1: That is spectacular. I know when uh, my daughter got involved with the online modules that, that they were given or a, like sort of a mentor, um, someone that would reach out to them and support them with email and text and Facebook and other things. Is that still part of your program?
3: Well, so what it is is you are assigned into a very specific group that you'll meet with. You do meet online, but it's video chat, and you stick with that group, for as long as you're able to do that time slot. You know, sometimes people's schedules change and they, they move to a different group. But the groups are small, so they're five to six people, and they they each have what we call a freedom coach. And so that freedom coach is walking with you for, you know, those eight weeks. We also do look at things like anxiety, depression, and eating attitudes at the beginning and end of each of those cycles. And then there's a one-on-one Uh, where we can discuss specific goals one-on-one with that person. So, yeah, you you really are known and guided in that process. Uh, It's not like you're just out there, you know, um, not connecting with anyone. And, yes, there's also that online component uh, where they can. There's message boards, but we moderate all of that. So it's very safe, uh, very Christ-centered, very hopeful and positive.
1: That's fantastic. Well, I know, Robert, you and I uh, interact A lot with technology, with media, with the social pressure that comes down on families, especially uh, teens and tweens. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a greater threat to um, our daughters and to moms than how they judge themselves. View themselves, their identity, yeah. Yeah. This body image attack is just relentless. You can't go to a restaurant or drive down the street or pick up your phone without seeing an airbrushed image
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's not real.
2: Well, and I think yeah, that's true. And I think that what I love about what you do, Constance, is and it's all in your name is finding balance. It's not, it's not running to one extreme or the other. Because I think a lot of times when you deal with Issues like this, you, you know, you vilify one side or the other right. and you just yeah. kind of cocoon and, and you don't try to find moderation or balance. And so I, I love this, what, what you're talking about. And um, I, I, I just such great insights because this is not something that's just one. Fa- I mean, it, everybody has those internal voices that tell them about themselves and, and they're all unique. And so bringing people together to experience that, I think, is probably one of the most powerful things that you could do.
3: Yeah. Yeah, And being being able to make choices and being able to say, um, you know, hey, I I don't want to be careless. So I want to take care of myself, but I don't want to be obsessive. And really the balance piece is, am I making choices that are loving myself and others well? And really looking at that love and respect. Am I respecting my body? Am I respecting my relationships? Um, Am I respecting my mind and my intellect and what I know is good for me or not? Mm, But yes, that place of balance and not letting it Totally rule you. Same thing when you see the social media. Like, it's okay to want to go get a cute new outfit, you know, or something. But can I can I do these things to look better in a way that does not um, lead me down that path of believing that's where all my value is? Because that's really the bottom line. If I believe that I've got to look a certain way in order to be worthy of love, guess what? I will never, ever, ever feel worthy of love my mm. whole life. So somewhere we want, to, we want to change course on that. And the best time to do that, help our kids do that young. Help them do it young and save them all these
2: years of, of, you know, sorrow that they don't
1: have to walk through. Love that. Yeah, absolutely true. I, you know, as I'm thinking about our audience, Robert, I'm thinking about the, the parents that are out there and there are different levels of intensity to this. And I've walked through most of them at some point with my daughter, which by the way, Constance, my daughter's uh, just had her first child, uh, is married and is doing great. So that's
3: amazing.
1: She's, uh, she's got a healthy nine-month-old little boy, Micah, and she's doing very healthy, and we're blessed. So the good news is uh, that there is help mm-hmm. for people who are struggling with ED. That's what they they mm-hmm. taught me about eating disorders. They call it ED and the mm-hmm. monster ED. And this idea that um, you can get stuck, the idea that as a parent you can get embarrassed and feel isolated like you can't really share this with someone to admit that maybe you have this problem in your home. Mm-hmm. I just want to speak to that parent right now and say, mm-hmm. you've got to step past that fear. You're mm-hmm. going to have to get some help. You're not going to manage this right. yourself.
2: And you don't need to be embarrassed about that. Absolutely. It's not, not- a shame.
1: Yep. Yeah. And I on, so I'm a pastor, right? And I have this daughter who's struggling with this. And, and there's this sort of stigma, especially for people in ministry, or that have some kind of role in the Christian media world or any kind of influence, they tend to sort of hold themselves to the higher standard, which Mm. probably makes us even more vulnerable to this whole condition. So uh, there is definitely a need for uh, the parent that's listening to recognize this is not a solo project. Mm -hmm. This has got to have outside voices. You've got to go to people like Constance and get real help from people who can help unravel these causes. It's not a one size fits all. right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's my strong encouragement as a dad who's been through this. And it takes a long time. This isn't a, hey, you just go online and do a couple of these modules and you pop out and everything's great. (laughs) This is a long journey Mm -hmm. and it is going to take real determination and support. It's not a quick fix. Yeah. That's my thought. There you go. It's great. (laughs)
3: Yeah, no, it's good. And and, the, and I love that you're encouraging people, Brad, to, to be honest. Um, because the truth is, look, we all have stuff we wrestle with. And when we can be honest about that, we don't have to walk alone. And, and this isn't something you can walk through alone. Thank you for pointing that out. This is not a solo project. This is a different deal. And uh, you want to get with people who really know what they're doing. We can help with that, too. We can give you referrals to Christian therapists around the country and so forth. Just make sure you reach out. And I believe this. God knows your situation. He knows exactly what and who you need to guide you through it. And I know it sounds so trite sometimes, so cliche, you know, ask God to lead you forward. But I say that to people all the time because I know that he can and will do it. So then we just have to say, Lord, this is an issue. I don't know what to do, but I'm going to start looking for you to show up and for you to guide me. And you open your eyes and your ears and he will do it. I really believe that he loves us and he loves our kiddos and he wants us to walk in freedom. So, you know, if you're feeling lost out there and where do I even begin? Well, for sure, come visit our website. We've got lots of resources there at findingbalance.com. And uh, just ask God, he will lead you and just keep your eyes and ears open.
2: I'm so glad you said that. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I think this is uh, the tip of a big iceberg this mm-hmm. this conversation that we've had with Constance. I think it opens a door. It's not the this is not meant to be a comprehensive podcast on on the issue. It is meant to raise the issue into the minds and hearts of parents to bring it out of the dark. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's it's meant to give you a nudge in the right direction. Hey, if, if you're seeing some signs in your kids that that something's not right or you're willing to admit to yourself there's something not healthy about what you're how you're treating food and take how you take the first step. Yeah, this sort of self-loathing that might be going mm-hmm. on behind the scenes. So uh, my encouragement is to reach out, go to Constance's website, findingbalance.com. She has amazing resources. She's written some some resources herself. She's got links with everybody I think out there. Um, she is an expert, really. I mean, she has really established herself as a is a safe place for parents to go to get help. Yeah. And I can endorse that personally but also professionally. This is a this is someone I trust and someone I would recommend. So thank you Constance for being on our show today. Yes,
3: thank you my pleasure.
1: Well, we're very excited to announce a partnership with the guys that we know from
2: Boise, Idaho, Robert. Yes, we are. New release today. They're fantastic. Very, very relevant for what's going on. If you want to discover new music in the Christian realm, that's kind of the only place to go.
1: Yeah, and not only do they have amazing music and amazing reviews and just a lot of information about Christian artists, but they are creating with us a brand new devotional product
2: call it IRL resources. Do you know what that stands for Brad?
1: I found out.
2: You did? What does it stand for?
1: It stands for in real life.
2: That's exactly right Brad. Very good. In real life because a lot of times we have these standard devotionals that you know that that we see and and we thought that it would be kind of cool to use their expertise in Christian music couple that with actual scriptural and devotional thought that digs you deeper not only into the song but incorporates it into real life and so it's a very vibrant and very awesome resource for families and for pastors.
1: Yeah, and so if you uh, have a preteen or a teen in your home and you're looking for a new devotional to do weekly, we have a digital subscription online at IRLresources.com. It's very inexpensive. The first study is free to check it out. There's nothing to lose. You should go there and see what's the latest thing in Christian devotional.
2: Absolutely. You won't regret
1: it. Well, Robert, uh, obviously our, our guest uh, is touching some really sensitive things. Really uh, huge issues. Yeah. I mean, these are really profound issues in the lives of families.
2: I just think, you know, we can't, I'm not saying we should live in any kind of fear, but we can't underestimate how important this issue is in our homes. I mean, this is not just, oh, she just feels a little fat or she feels too skinny or what. I mean, these are, these go to core identity issues. And so if there's anything that's going on in your family that resembles an unhealthy look at food or anything for that matter, I would encourage you to go to findingbalance.com because it it really is a great resource. She's I trust her implicitly and Mm -hmm. her team. They've done a great job. Phenomenal. uh, They're incredible. So this is a great conversation.
1: It it was. And it brought back a lot of, I was, I was really proud. I didn't cry. Uh, Mm. it brought back some deep emotion. You Mm. know, uh, she was the one that helped my wife and I really quickly understand how your daughter. Yeah. Or Constance. Constance was Mm. the one to help Paige and I really get a grip on how big a problem we had. Mm. I mean, I think parents typically live in denial, you know? Like yeah, absolutely. We, we tend to sort of minimize it and, and we look at our kids and go, oh, well, she." we have all these reasons why they're thin or why they're eating funny or they're depressed or whatever. And And there is some truth to that, but there's a point where when you get that outside voice that says, hey, this is dangerous, you need mm-hmm. some help. Constance was that voice for my family and mm. she helped us get our daughter in a treatment center that that saved her life literally yeah it's not dramatic no literally so uh for those who don't know my daughter went through uh some significant struggles in this area and she that was six seven years ago and she has come out on the other side quite healthy um beautiful and, and yeah and it and i i think there's just a a profound um sort of Misunderstanding, especially for dads. I don't want to speak for all dads, mm. but for me, I didn't understand how deep these wounds go for mm. our daughters. Yeah. I mean, for us, she mentioned it just a little bit about the bathing suit comments or, you know, what you say at the table about food. I don't think dads
2: know. No, I don't think we do. That well, impact. we're idiots most of the time when it comes to things that come out of our mouth. I'll speak for you. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, I won't deny it either. Uh, I speak for myself. Too.
1: But I remember going through the the therapy. Like it's not just your daughter getting help; it's the whole family, mm-hmm. right? There's a yeah. there's a family response here. Yeah, this isn't just send your kid off to get fixed. This is you as a family going. We need to rethink about this. We yeah. need to be retrained on how to interact with each other. And I remember coming out of that, just going, "Wow, I had no understanding." Mm-hmm of how deeply felt some of these things are by our kids. So if you're a parent and you're wondering and you're not sure, take the risk and be sure, you know, mm-hmm. get them involved, get, get some advice from someone who would know someone like a Constance. So that's my uh, I've double endorsed her. I think she's awesome.
2: I'll triple. I, I couldn't say more. And I don't think we need to cause yeah, I think I this think is we like, did. we've covered a lot of ground and so grateful for her and the work she does. And, uh, Looking forward to next week.
1: That's right. Next week is going to be an exciting interview. It is uh, it is our chance to get to know Kristen Hatton. And she's an author and a mom. And she's got some interesting advice that she's going to share with us. She sounds like she's a little silly. So Uh-oh. we should have some fun with that. Thanks, everybody. See you next week.
0: Be encouraged, parents. You are not alone. In Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week.
3: Mean. Check us out at iShineLive.com.
1: What our kids believe is going to define them for a lifetime. According to George Barna, by the age of 13, what a kid believes is what he'll die believing.
2: The Shock and Awe Study Guide is a super cool thing that a, either a parent can do with their kid or a youth pastor can do with their students or a children's pastor can do with their students. And here's the cool thing about it. It is apologetics for kids. Wow. So it's the really huge evidence and thoughts of apologetics wrapped in a way that is really tangible and simple for kids to understand, answering four primary questions. And they are, what if there's a God? What if the Bible is true? What if Jesus is who he said he was? And what if I'm part of that plan? And we believe if you can answer those four questions and you are drawn through evidence proving those four questions, that really it's going to establish a pretty unshakable foundation of faith.
1: That sounds very helpful, especially if you're a parent or pastor and you're concerned about the condition of your child's faith, what they believe, what the voices of culture are telling them. If that's you and you're interested, go to eyeshinelive.com and check out in our web store, the Shock and Awe Study Guide. It has a digital cloud video base. So it's four studies in a small paperback volume for nine dollars and it has four videos that go with four studies it can be done in a weekend it can be done over a month or it can be done bi-monthly however you need it it is a fantastic resource that i have used as a pastor in my own home church and i have been impressed so check it out check it out